Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm originally from California, but now I'm living here in beautiful Wuhan, China. And today with me is Alex. Hello, everybody. I am Alex Shur. I am proudly representing the cold Northeast part of China, and I'm speaking to you from Beijing, China at the moment. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Well, the cold is very relevant because today I want to talk about the Olympics because they are starting <laughs> eminently in Beijing. And uh, this is the first double Olympic city ever. I have nothing to do with that. Personally, I did not contribute anything to the, the success of the city hosting it, but I feel just super proud of it. I am really excited about it. In preparation to talking about this, I actually listened to Robin Williams, famous comedian like yourself. <laughs> oh, I and wish. He, he, he did a voiceover about like how the Olympics aren't about necessarily winning or about beating other people, defeating other people as much as about competing and showing respect for one another and that athletes essentially help each other become better. And that's the spirit of the Olympics. The Olympics is about the best competing against each other to help each other become better. And it's in the spirit of camaraderie. Oh, absolutely. And you know that good competition is the driving force of anyone exceeding themselves and becomes more excellent when there's no competition you don't want to strive for more and if you have been to a chinese sports event of any sort you actually see this there's usually a banner uh hung on the roof or the ceiling of the venue that says friendship goes first competition comes next so when we're mm. with a lot of chinese athletes uh, or chinese people in general we're in a competition of course it's about you know um, doing your best and if you could win the competition is the best but it's always about the exchange that you have with your quote-unquote opponents in the game and really try to learn and study and become better and that's even in the past uh you know in mm, the mm, mm. in the olympic in the uh, summer olympics that just ended well not just ended and uh, ended a couple months ago there are a lot of people saying you know uh, teams go you know head to head and they really try to win but if you see the videos of these athletes off their arena they actually study each other they try to learn from each other and they really really respect each other and mm, i think that's mm. what Olymp the olympics is all about you know i teach children as we talk about and one of the reasons i teach them chess and i teach young children so actually teaching chess is a really a testament to how great i am but <laughs> i'm sure it is <laughs> one of the most important things that i try to teach the kids and this is a hard lesson for them at this age is that when the game is over no matter who won they need to shake hands mm -hmm. and say good game and look at each other other yep. and it, this is actually the rules you might think are the hardest part but actually getting kids to do this after they've lost for the first few times is one of the hardest things to get them to do because they're like oh, i know i didn't win and they're like really upset about it so like you know this is the essentially the olympics is like about I think all these athletes, most of them, the vast majority, they do have a lot of respect for one another. And like, this isn't, this is about coming together. This isn't about like, I won. Although I'm sure that the person with the gold medal feels great. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I know it's, 
the moment that the world sees is the final Olympic Games when they compete uh, and they care, people care about whether these athletes athletes win the medals or not. But I think I'm pretty sure for these athletes themselves, it's the journey of making it to the Olympics when they're preparing for it, when they're training for it, you know, when they go through all the championship to get the scores to it, to qualify for the Olympics. That journey is probably so much more rewarding and meaningful to them imagine i mean yeah you know but imagine being one of these people like you know sometimes people get this thing called imposter syndrome where they're like am i good enough yeah and you're standing there literally next to the best people at this in the world you have to be in awe of the people that you're with you know the the people that you're competing against you have to be like wow look at that athlete you know yeah i feel like sometimes the the public kind of overlooks the fact that this is the peak this is the summit of sports in the entire world like everybody comes to compete and people get a little bit you know emotional or you know over the wins or the 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 the, the loses of a certain game but you have to think about have to remind yourself that this is the top 12 people of this sport in the world it's crazy like if you could even qualify for that i'd be like if it was me i'd be like all right i'm done i have i am good enough i am not gonna be a sore loser if i could even qualify for a a game in the olympics i literally want to read the olympic uh creed and it start i'm not the whole thing because it's actually quite long but (laughs) just a first line or two it says the most important thing in the olympic games is not to to win but to take part just as the most important thing in life is not the triumph but in the struggle and so i think that is essentially what we've been summing up here that this opportunity here in beijing that is basically i think the athletes are arriving that is starting now yep. is really about all these people coming together and show demonstrating their amazing athleticism for the world and for each other and being in one another's company and sharing in the pride of being at this pinnacle that they have arrived at absolutely and i just want to add a little personal story to this and this is not to brag or anything but it's super relevant <laughs> to the winter olympics when i was in college right before i was going uh to the united states for grad school i don't even remember how i think it's through my a friend who's working for a state media now back then he was he was tutoring someone and then that someone knew someone else who was a famous mm, ice mm. skater in china um, and, and I got to be her English tutor for a little bit. And then I really saw the dedication she put into like, she wanted to improve her English and she was like, going to learn. And then I was meeting up with her, I think once a week for two hours and she was really learning and she was like very hardworking. But at the same time, I got to know her, uh, career, you know, she was telling me how she was training for mm. how hard they had to train for all the things that they did and you know, how early they started and she was Mm. you know she she was a world she was a world champion and then over the over the years she of course went through life just as the rest of us did but i feel like she was championing now because of the training spirit that she had when she was uh she was a you know full-time professional athlete and so like now that the winter olympics is literally around the corner i see her a lot on Mm, mm. on tv on doyin and she's like coming out to show people you know, figure skating and Mm, mm. she still got it. I mean, it's like over 10 years and she still, she still got the moves and it's just so beautiful to watch. I feel like I should just get back in touch with her and be like, Hey, I am really proud of that, you know, little exchange that we had. I think you should be proud to have that kind of interaction. That's an amazing story. I tutored a world champion once. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'd like to switch up a, a little bit and actually talk about some of the sports that are going to be executed, uh, played yes. in the in the Olympics coming up. So the first one, I, I guess we're going to go alphabetically. So there's alpine skiing. So this is like skiing. When you go on the mountain and... Yeah, yeah. so like, you know, these people are the best at this around the world. I am the worst at this around the world. So, <laughs> so I will get to look at the exact opposite of myself when watching these amazing skiers. I talk to my friends who ski, who do alpine skiing and they are they tell me the thrill comes from the wind literally hitting your face mm. i mean of course they have these giant goggles to help them see mm, where they're mm. going but the speed is probably unimaginable for people who don't do mm. that kind of sports because they're not just like playing down the hill they're they're trying to be the first yeah and you have to keep the track you have to keep the direction and make sure that you don't lose like i i imagine breathing is super important for this because you you open your mouth at the wrong time <laughs> i know this because when i was on the happy valley uh rotating thing that swings up and down i know of how course. important it is to keep your breathing when wind is literally hitting your face otherwise you're gonna choke on air being on a roller coaster makes you perfectly understand what it means to be an olympic alpine skier i'm sure <laughs> uh, uh, uh. i am trying to relate jason because i'm it's too late for me to start even trying to experience these sports I'm a little too old for that speaking of skiing there's the biathlon this one i always struggled with but i think it's based on like you know the need to actually go hunting and these people do cross-country skiing mm -hmm. and then they they're you know at full breath and then they collapse into a, a shooting position yeah and they have to shoot at a target and then continue and so this i guess is a kind of a mixed sport it's kind of interesting because there's like not just one thing going on there like it's like a combo yeah and that's the, the prefix by means two so i guess that's why that why it's called that yeah i mean i guess it's the same in the same family of uh you know uh triathlon and then decathlon you know three and ten mm -hmm. i'm always like super i feel like this is a little different than triathlon and decathlon because those sports is like okay you run for a little bit and then you swim for a little bit and you you cycle for like 10 years until you get to the you know the final um destination this sport you have to do for biathlon you have to do two things at the same time mm -hmm. i find that fascinating i am pretty good at multitasking i think that is way next level <laughs> i am terrible at <laughs> no. multitasking but what i am good at is getting a lot of what single tasks done consecutively so so you would be a good uh triathlon athlete mm. probably biathlon is just too it's too it's too demanding for me <laughs> and then they have bobsledding which i am terrified of because their heads are sticking out i'm like what if they turn over i'm it gives me a really a fear because you know the the danger is there but i guess you know i haven't heard of any terrible yeah. bobsledding accidents but every time i hear about bobsledding i think of the movie about like the jamaican bobsledders <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I think of when I think of bobsledding. I think of that movie. Look, I I've seen these because they always show bobsledding um, videos on you know in various restaurants. Weird enough, like people like to watch that. For me, it looks so much more fun. It looks like the game that you would play at a like for example the Harbin uh, Ice Festival. You know when you're when you're just uh, sliding down the giant ice slide and in a some sort of a vehicle. So. I don't know the exact rules and techniques to win a bobsledding. I am super curious to find out. I, I mean, I'm probably going to try to watch a game and there's going to be really, <laughs> you know, detailed explanation of what goes through 
the training and the competing process. So I'm like super, super psyched for that. So there's cross country skiing, which is like level. So it's it's kind of a little up and down, but it's mostly level. So you're not going down. You have to provide your own impetus to move forward, which I think that sounds like you have to have a heck of strong legs to pull that off. I know. And and that's like hiking, but <laughs> but more intense and colder with skis and uh, yeah. figure skating, which I think is maybe the one of the most universally beloved ones because it's like so pretty. It's so it's so elegant. beautiful and it's, it's so elegant. And you can see that if there is skill, you see the skill. Like, mm. you know, there's some mm. sports where you don't, for example, not saying that there isn't because you don't understand the skill. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for example, for, for like weightlifting, like you there's so much skills that go into it. But when you're watching it, you don't you can't really tell you can, as an audience member mm, who's not mm. a, an expert of the sport you can't really tell like where the skills come in for figure skating it's like beautiful and then when they do any lifting when they do any sinking moves when they do any throwing moves and spinning moves you're like all right that skill right there <laughs> so it's like it, it makes you feel like a little expert of the game and then the, the world champion that i tutored was a former ice skater a uh, figure mm. skater so and freestyle skiing so another version of skiing there's a lot of skiing in snow sports <laughs> this is really beautiful too because they do these flips and 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 twists and turns and the in midair and i think a lot of people can appreciate yep. how scary i mean beautiful of course and interesting but also scary because if you land wrong doing something like that obviously these people aren't landing wrong generally because they're the best mm. at it but like if i were to try even like jumping up on in the air like two <laughs> inches i'd probably land wrong <laughs> let alone let alone having skis on your yeah. feet and trying to control yeah. those yeah okay here you go jason here are these slippery things yeah there's try to survive them go down that way and try not to fall down that's that's all i could do and try to look you know elegant at the same time i'm not going to be trying to look <laughs> elegant that's not going to be in my head my it's just i'm not falling down and if i have to look like a doofus to not fall down i'm gonna be doofus man <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the most you could do that's my superhero title by the way doofus man doofus man that's yeah. that's that's quite catchy jason you should stick to it thank you thank you yeah it's just gonna be a big d on my my shirt <laughs> <laughs> that'll work <laughs> Oh, I thought it was super big. I For me, when I was in the States, I thought uh, football, basketball, and ice hockey are the three big games in the United States. You lived in the Northeast. Well, because it was in Boston. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they were super, super, you know, and, you know, mm. crazy about it that the the Boston, the uh, the Bruins. Um, and then the, my uni the university I went to, Boston University, they had their own ice hockey team as well. Actually, the only ice hockey game I watched in my life was a BU ice hockey game. And it was, it was interesting. It was a lot easier when you watch it, you know, live, when you watch it in the venue, it was a lot easier to find where the puck was. I tried to watch it on TV and I was just like, I cannot see what puck they're chasing. I can't see the little thing. It's too small, but it's getting really popular in China as well. I have friends who send their kids to uh, ice hockey training and just watching those kids running on ice um, with the stick that's taller than them. That's kind of, you know, mm. funny to look at. You know, this brings us in alphabetical order to the luge, which I think is the scariest thing that you could possibly ever want to do in any sport anywhere on the planet. I would jump out of a plane and go skydiving. Really? I would go skydiving, but the luge looks so terrifying to me what i am so surprised why i thought that was the only winter sport that i might have a chance to try <laughs> <laughs> you go for it you go i'm like i don't have to stand <laughs> it's lying down you know for those of you for those of our listeners who don't know it's basically like a sleigh 
but you just lie. That's a single person. It's a single person. It's important to just lie on. You're going top. pretty fast. But you just lie down. And you're right on the ground. You just lie down, Jason. You just lie down I'm and sure let it go. I'm sure it's not just lying down. <laughs> I know. It's not just these. <laughs> anyways, the Nordic Combine, I guess, is ski jumping plus cross country. So that's like a, another biathlon of sorts. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a you have to. To create variations of the skiing sports to make it more challenging. Mm. Short track speed skating. So Ooh. you go going as fast as you can around in a, in a not a circle, like an oval, I guess. Yeah, probably what we love to see the most because they're quite a few really, really world class top, you know, level Chinese uh, short track oh, yeah? speed skating. Yeah. Is this what the Chinese are going to win uh, medals in this year? I'm not a fortune teller, but you know, it, it might happen. <laughs> <laughs> We're very good at this. And a lot of them are from my my hometown so you're saying that luge doesn't look scary what about skeleton mm, that, that kind of doesn't look scary to me <laughs> what? oh my gosh oh, so my kids and i i was showing this in kindergarten because i was getting them ready yeah. for the olympics i wanted them to be all psyched up for the olympics in beijing yeah and i was showing them this and they were like no don't show this anymore because they had the camera from the head perspective you're literally like right down there on ice going like i don't even know how fast so fast and you're flying around these corners i feel like it's called skeleton for a different Ooh. reason <laughs> well, you, that went dark real quick. It looks so scary. It looks so scary. For me, it's like as long as I don't have to use my legs to run or jump, I think that's a good sport. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's a personal reference. And that's the point, right? Like there's different kind of games, different kind of sports games mm. in the Olympics. And everyone could pick their favorite or whatever they're comfortable watching. <laughs> And then snowboarding, which, uh, you know, it became popular only in the last 20 years or so. Yeah. And I think they're in a giant half pipe, which is like a, uh, or is it a, is it a full? Yes, I called it a giant half pipe and they, they do all these really cool tricks and stuff. And it's just very elegant in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I, this is the game that I was not skeptical. I hesitated because people or everyone around me was going snowboarding, uh, snowboarding. And I'm like, you know, if you could try a kind of a game that's in the Olympics, it's kind of makes you feel cooler and then you can root for your you could root for your you know the athletes that you could agree with and you could critique their techniques and their styles but that was just a thought that's probably never going to come to fruition <laughs> i'll probably never do it again too late but i think it's thrilling to watch and i took one out of the i'm going to come back around to curling uh but speed skating is the last one alphabetical order and i guess that's like short track speed skating but it's just longer i i learned this because i was watching these uh, tv programs that were specially made for you know warming up to the winter olympics because it's such a, an event that the whole country is super excited for so they bring they brought back like former world champions including the world champion that i tutored mm, um mm, mm. um there so the, there's another speed skating like i think we call her speed speed uh speed skating queen and she is from the northeast she's from Dongbei in china her name is wang meng and she was giving the host a little quick listen of what these sports are called and then speed skating in contrast with short track speed skating mm, is actually really? they call it long track long track so there yes well the world mm, champion mm, the mm, world mm. champion said so so you have to you have to take it and, and believe it <laughs> and then finally this i took this out of order it's called curling which i'm sure involves a lot of skill and a lot of talent but i think this is the one in america at least that gets the most like uh teasing there's a lot of tv shows and movies <laughs> because you know it's obviously an olympic sport so it's obviously something that takes an enormous amount of yep. of skill and talent to do but it looks like to people like <laughs> sweeping <laughs> mopping the floors i try to 
I remember I actually had probably similar feelings when I first saw the sport on TV. But then I realized you have to know the ice really well. And so when you brush the ice, you kind of have to control how far mm, 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 that mm. the curling goes to the you has to hit a certain spot. There was a TV show that they did this with like people. And you think mm. like they put people in this giant cart or whatever and you have to push uh. you have to push them to a spot to win and everybody's like oh that's easy like i think i'm just gonna push it this way i'm gonna push you and you're gonna you know i could decide the speed that you go and it's actually so much harder than it looks like no one got to wherever they wanted to get so i imagine this is the same that's what i was talking about when the skills of the sport can't really be seen by people who are not in the sports but if we study i'm sure there's so much techniques and probably science that goes into winning in curling i think a lot of people don't know is like the olympics doesn't just it's not just the winter olympics and summer olympics they also have the uh paralympics and uh after the uh, winter olympics are finished the paralympics will also be taking place in beijing yeah i was in shogong park and i got a few snaps uh about a year ago or six months ago where i was taking pictures and they have the headquarters there or at least one of the locations where they're going to be supervised out of and it's like they've already done a lot of work preparing like all these different venues mm -hmm. have they must have spent an enormous amount of money revamping some of the old venues that were used in the summer olympics but also building an, an addition you know for the winter olympics because obviously there'll be different sports that require different like kind of uh structures yeah i mean it's we're the side the bragging again but we're the only city we're the only country that hosts both summer and winter olympics and I mean, again, at the end of the day, it's about bringing people from the rest of the world to mm. compete, of course, in their own line of sports, but also really mm -hmm. get people mm -hmm. to, you know, clear your other thoughts, clear what, you know, just forget about everything else and really just focus on the sports and the exchange. And it's really a chance for the world to forget the constant mm. struggles mm. and to really just rejoice in in sports. So super, super different timing and i think that mm -hmm. participation mm -hmm. like you said earlier really is the this is really the most important part you know, so they're talking about this uh, closed loop, this closed loop system that they're going to be using in Beijing. I, I'm, I don't really know. I never saw the uh, aerial footage of like how the Japanese like uh, winter or so the summer Olympics were set up, but it was like also kind of closed off. But apparently the Beijing is super, super, super sealed off. And like there are different venues in different places and they're using special buses that are only going to be used for this special trains only going to be used for the Olympics during the period. No one else gets to use these facilities or these buses or these trains yeah. during the time in which the Olympics are going on. I think they light the torch on February 4th, if I'm not, I'm not mistaken. That's the opening ceremony. Yeah. Yes. And they also said there's something really special. It's going to be a hundred minute ceremony, but it's supposed to be like very, very unique. And it's like a famous director who also directed the 2008 Olympics. Which makes him the only director in the world who's directed two Olympics opening ceremony. How about that? His name is Zhang Emo, I believe. Yeah, I think his name is pretty well known um, outside of China as well. 
you know, I gotta say about him, I guess about the 2008 Beijing Olympics, the Summer Olympics, that, you know, I'm not a huge sports fan. Like every guy I know likes to go to a bar and like watch like football or soccer or, or whatever, like baseball. And really every single guy I know, except me, I'm like the guy like, okay, I want to go like to a bookstore and like buy like three books and then hide inside of a cafe for all day or whatever. But you know, the Olympics, since I was a child, have always excited me. I've always been interested in the Olympics. I've always thought, oh, wow, this is something cool. And even though I'm not a sports person, I usually watch like a good portion of the Olympics, not the whole thing. I'm not like sitting around every day watching the Olympics all day. But like, you know, I like to watch like the highlights and a few of the sports when it's on when I'm at home. And like, I always found it like really fascinating. I do pay attention to the Olympics. And I remember in 2008, I was still living in the States. I was in university. And I I remember uh, that the Olympics were like a really big deal, that they were spectacular, that everyone was really excited about this new stadium and that the fireworks show was tremendous. Yeah. And Zhang Yimou's like, you know, performance, as it were, of setting up the Olympic show in Beijing was just one of those really profound moments in like history where someone really showed what the Olympics could be like. Zhang Yimou did Raising the Red Lantern, which was a very amazing film and then his uh recent film shadow was really well received outside of china but he's a very very artistic director um he's known for his visuals so when he said um that he was when they revealed that he was going to be the director for the winter olympics opening ceremony of course people are going to kind of hold him up to the standard of what he had achieved Mm -hmm. in the 2008 opening ceremony so I think if I read it right, he's going to make the, I think the theme of this uh, opening ceremony for the Winter Olympics is the better future together. So it's going to be focusing on more technology advancement and how that's going to help us or probably portray what China has achieved in that you know field. So I'm actually really excited about what and how he's going to present these ideas that are going to be I think he's forced to make things very different from what he had done 14 years ago, which sounds crazy. It didn't feel like that long ago, but it was 14 Mm. years ago so that people, you know, you have to kind of avoid having people compare the two things that you did, Mm. you know, that are both. Well, they're going to, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, I know they will. I know they will. So again, Johnny Mode director, don't mention, don't, you know, don't care about that. (laughs) Just if he listens to our show at all cyborgs I know. <laughs> it's not the real one <laughs> well you know maybe aliens will land it'll be like really exciting hey i, I called them up they said they were available <laughs> yeah try to top that <laughs> yeah top that yeah first time alien contact you know <laughs> No one's going to forget these Olympics. So, you know, the closed system, like I was really excited. I'm not in Beijing and I'm not going to be able to come back. I'm, I'm in Wuhan. I'd been living in Beijing for years and years and years and years. And then I moved away and now the Olympics are happening. But it's not like I was going to go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I'm not missing out. But what I did is I went to all of these venues that are like inside of Beijing because there are other places. There's like these Olympic parks to the, into the north. But um, yeah, in Beijing, they rebuilt this factory area on the west side. We've talked about a little bit before it's called shogong park and they have built a giant skate park there so like people use it all the time and it was already being used by like you know amateur photographers to go out there and take photos of them and their loved ones and like all these beautiful factories that they've actually repainted and put glass and casings around and like really beautified them and like created park areas around them and there's a little pond and like there's a couple there's a couple bars and there's like a starbucks out there of course (laughs) yeah of course yeah if you're gonna make it exciting so i went out there 
there a lot. I was living on the west side and I would just ride my bicycle out there and I would take my camera and be one of these amateur photographers. And I saw they were testing these uh, driverless vehicles, buses and cars out there. And they have the, this huge ramp at the time when I went, it was still summer, but it was this huge, massive ramp. And I, I assume that's part of the Olympics. It's like the uh, one of the big sports that they're going to be playing. But also they're using the bird's nest and also they're in a what is it called? Shan. They're also going to be uh, there's like a not Shan. Chongli. It's Chongli. OK, that's another place. There's another place also near Shan on the west side of Beijing where there's this huge stadium oh, that a lot of people tour through. Uh, the uh, Wukasong. Wukasong, yes. I thought yeah, you were talking Wukasong. about the ski resorts, but yeah, Wukasong. It's, I think it's called the MasterCard Center. Now. Yeah, it's something like that. It's, it's this huge yeah. stadium that's just enormous next to this like underground mall that like it's not like literally underground because it's open at the top. But it's a lot of people go there at night. There are bars and restaurants, places to go paint. And like, there's a lot of people who take basketball classes there. Like, there's a huge, like, area. You know, I have never yeah. been to that area. Really? I it's have... like Sandy Tune on the west side of Beijing. Uh, people keep saying that. People keep saying, like, they that's the center of the. I've, I've seen videos and pictures. I just never went out there. It's so far. This is how massive Beijing is. From mm. for me to go from where I am to where that is, that's literally like traveling from one city to another city. I I guess if the city's yeah, smaller, I guess you're right. Yeah, if I'm just going to see it, it's like a replica of what I could have over here, over there, mm. and mm. it's it's a massive, it's a massive center. So you might as well just spend your whole day there. But I was like, no, I like my east side of the city a little you better. Know, uh, I lived on the east side. I lived really close to San Lee Toon, not in San Lee Toon. Um, but I also lived in like Shan and I lived in the south and I lived in the west in a, a couple different places. I gotta say, Beijing West Side. Oh my god, <laughs> take that, San Lee That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Wukasong is way better than San Lee Toon. Uh, well, we'll leave that up for, for discussion. Uh, <laughs> But it, I'm glad my boyfriend didn't hear that because he's going to be like, yes, West Side. I'm like, no. <laughs> Different kind of West Side. <laughs> I know. But he's going to be all for that. Well, I don't know. Maybe he's he's a Stanley Tune person, right? You both live over there. So maybe he'll be like, he's wait very, a minute. He's, he's going to be like, no, no. Beijing East America America West Side Beijing East Side. He's gonna have to make a new T-shirt just for that or something. Oh, I love that idea. I love that idea. That'll be his birthday gift. Well, then he definitely can't hear this show. I heard that they kind of renamed the water cube, so it's being called the ice cube. <laughs> so, I, really? No, no, I'm not joking. I read this in an article, like in a, on a Chinese newspaper. Yeah, it's being called uh -oh. actually not the ice cube. It's being called ice cube. So my question is, what do you think about the the rapper, poet, actor? Like, what does he think about it? <laughs> I guess. I mean, I don't. Again, I don't know. There's it kind of looks like an ice cube, actually, more than a water cube, doesn't it? It does, and then you can't really cube water but you could cube ice so it makes <laughs> yeah. sense i don't know but i actually look look i met ice cube in person okay you read really you met him i did and then whenever well, I you have done so many cool things i did that i have i'm so jealous of your life alex oh my god i this is but this is the power that's going to piss you off when i met him i didn't have an idea who that person was what oh i <laughs> <laughs> I, I was working in the 
university radio station and I happened to have my show that night and mm. I was allowed into the studio and helped out on his shoot because he's a agent called up the studio and they were like can we promote our movie because we're you know Boston University right next to the Fenway Stadium and whatever mm. and so they did come and then everybody was freaking out or sending messages they're like okay if you don't have a show you're not going to be allowed in the studio if you do have a show right after or before that yes you're allowed in the studio and I, because ice cube is coming i was like i was telling people i was like uh, uh ice cube is coming to the studio i don't really they were like what i was like okay i don't know who it is but <laughs> i went up to him and uh i took a, I, I filmed his interview and i took a photo with him i still have that photo i can send it to you later but you know we have this previous encounter so if that does happen and if you want me to talk to ice cube i am more than happy to <laughs> talk to him again and just <laughs> you know catch up did you get his phone number i should have I failed you, Jason. <laughs> you know, I, I was all I was looking at the statistics about participation in China, and apparently in Heilongjiang, mm -hmm. which is I'm not sure which which province in in the northeast are you from. I'm from Jilin province. I'm from the middle oh, province. Uh, well, in Heilongjiang, participation in snow sports in the last couple of years has been roughly sixty percent. And I'm just thinking you've let Dongbei down. I really have, man. You don't you don't even know. Like I could I could not you know kill myself on ice, but I'm not. Oh my I'm not a good skater, you know, like I don't look elegant. I can't do those quick turns. I can't do that swipe to stop thing, you know, like even when you're drifting a car, a lot of people could stop like that. I can't. I have to just slowly cross my knees and and just stop like an old person. And That's what you're supposed open. to do, like the pizza thing, right? Where you like make your skis into the shape of like a pizza slice. That's what I remember being taught because then you're like scraping against, you're creating the most traction possible so you can slow yourself down. Yeah. And that's all I tried to do when I was tumbling down and making myself tumbling and tumbling. <laughs> You know, I have three brothers. I had two older brothers and a younger brother. And we, as far as I knew, we were all going to live together forever. My brother, Robert, he turned like 17 years old. Uh -huh. He got really interested in snowboarding. And he was like, I'm moving out. And I was like, what? You can't just do that. <laughs> we live here. <laughs> like, so he moved to a place. We're in California where they have every kind of climate. And he moved to a place called Heaven. Or like, it's near Lake Tahoe, but it's on the California side. And there's a huge resort there. He got me a t-shirt that says Heaven. I wear it sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I still have it you know i don't know how 30 years later or whatever 20 years later i don't know yeah. i'm not sure but he went over there and like he was trying to become a professional snowboarder for quite a while and at some point he hurt his knee by doing some kind of trick where he was like going over a road upside down literally i've saw some pictures he's above a street in the mountains where he's upside down like making faces and hand gestures and stuff but he he came down wrong yeah and his knee he had to have surgery on it and he moved back in with mom and dad this was like a couple years later mm -hmm. and he was like they injected his knee full of like this milky substance and mm. it was like all swollen up and like you could hear it when he would try to move it would shake it would sound like i don't know like a, a cup full of milk with sand or something mm -hmm. and so eventually he's fine now he's actually quite physically active still this is a long time later but he doesn't go snowboarding oh so he gave up <laughs> i had a friend who's like oh yeah my dad got his knee replaced and he's back in snowboarding i was like your dad wow okay, that's <laughs> that's next level you know courage and and 
commitment. I can't. I'm like complaining about my knee when I'm walking. You're saying a lot of people want to be involved. What I understood is that each time, well, every time someone wants to, con a city or a country, want to conduct the Olympics, have yeah. the Olympics, conduct host the, the Olympics, Olympics is the right word, I guess. They, they, <laughs> no. da, 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 get, get that. Was that, was that little thing you tap at the symphony and then the conductor stick? The magic, I don't, I don't say. know, the, the, the conductor's wand? Magic wand. <laughs> yes, the Harry Potter wand that they use in symphonies. Yes. So uh, anyways, one of the selling points was that they would get more than 300 million people involved in snow sports uh, based on the fact that the Olympics were coming. And so I've read that 346 million Chinese people have been involved in, in winter sports in some way, shape or form over the last two to three years. So you and I are hurting this statistic, Alex. We are. We're dragging <laughs> it down, Jason. We're, we're single. Well, join Handley handedly dragging the number down. <laughs> this is apparently 30% of people aged 18 and above, which is us again. So we're hurting the statistic. Hell, and, we're doing yeah, horrible. We're doing terribly. And it's been all over China, apparently, like every different section. I guess the only place, South China, you could do ice skating, I guess. Yeah, you could do indoor, yeah, indoor ice skating. That's still yeah. good enough. And I don't know if you've seen this, for people who are scared, you know, sharing the ski track with other skiers of different skill levels and, you know, you worry about your safety and then you don't want the trouble yeah. of going to a place that's three hours away from from the city center and renting everything out they invented this machine that separates basically people. <laughs> <laughs> like an egg sorting machine for people <laughs> no 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 you're out of shape you, you go, go that way <laughs> you go boop, you got, you got, sorry, you got sorry, shot sorry. on a different sorry, track sorry. <laughs> that would be a funny i know that'll be a funny sci-fi movie um but it's this machine that have you have you heard of um indoor surfing yeah 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 i've seen it yeah so it's a very similar idea it's indoor skiing machine it's a mm -hmm. yeah and it's smaller than the i think it's smaller or maybe the same size of the indoor surfing is there snow thing, and you it's not snow it's i we saw this in a mall that's close to the 798 mm. area in beijing we were just walking around see the this. mall after we after we eat yeah and then you get to just pay it's it's a little bit pricey but it's you know it's safer you have your own coach right there helping telling you how to control yeah, the hospital's <laughs> so close now <laughs> yeah i could get there in five minutes <laughs> my broken so, so what is it like a is it like a walking ramp or is there sand so i would say imagine a treadmill hmm. but it's tilted up like so much more and then it's not the surface is not rubber or whatever the surface to use surface material they use for treadmills i don't even know mm. but it's this white snowy like surface texture mm. that mimics the experience of the board cutting through the ice and they have an open refrigerator in front of you <laughs> <laughs> they put a they put a blower right in front of you to make make you feel like you're going down every now and then a tree you know what i know <laughs> tree <laughs> you're having so much <laughs> you know what you should bring this up to them you should let them wear like vr headsets where you set up all of these you know what do you call these roadblocks for them to get over oh my god it would be it would be funny you know what that does remind me i would i remember when i saw that i was like oh then if i could do this why do i bother going to the ski resort i could just go to the mall and try mm, i feel mm. But there's one thing that is missing from this 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 man-made skiing experience that's indoor. 
you don't get to feel the wind blowing your face off. That could be replicated. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> you and I obviously need to get involved because you got the cold idea and I got the tree idea. So <laughs> we need to go and say, hey, guys, you know, you really need us on this project. Yeah, you want you want to make it big. You want to make it everywhere else in the world. This is what you need to you do. You know, that's really interesting that you bring that up because they have the indoor uh, surfing and that and I guess now they have indoor snowboarding or skiing, but they also have indoor skydiving. So what everything's going to be indoor? I don't know. They have indoor space travel, right? Because they use the airplane that flies up, like they take a 747 or a 777 or something, way up into the stratosphere as high as it can go, and then it dives. And what? Oh, yeah, this is a thing. Yeah, it, this is how they train some astronauts, and some people pay for this. Models have done it, and all kinds of stuff. The plane takes a free fall dive straight down, mm-hmm. and or like I guess at some kind of angle, and you float because basically the gravity is gone because the airplane is falling. You're falling inside oh. the airplane, so you have like it's like skydiving with no wind because you're inside of the airplane and you float around and pretend you're an astronaut <laughs> on earth i guess not on earth but you know in the atmosphere instead of having to go to space so like everything is being replicated everywhere apparently i just read an article this is really interesting to me anyway china has created like a small room like a very very small room smaller than like a bedroom that replicates being on the moon and how it does it is they put different objects inside that have been magnetized especially like quantum levitated Mm -hmm. and they uh it replicates a certain amount of gravity based on magnetism instead of using gravity so that they can have different objects experience what it's like to be on the moon and then they have faux fake uh, regolith which is the powder on the moon and so they have artificially made regolith in this room with quantum levitated objects so that they have just the right amount of magnetism to replicate what it would be like to fall onto into this regolith so that Chinese scientists can like get ready for an eventual moon colony or landing or whatever so yeah this indoor stuff wow. it's everywhere it's everything I think that's going to be I mean there people are looking at all of these experiences and for people like you and me like I don't think we're gonna suddenly just have a change of heart and take on you know skiing and make it one of our most uh important things to do in life but if there is a chance for me to just have the experience maybe not the whole experience mm. before we become business partners of that <laughs> idea. but it's, it's good enough for me to just have a taste <laughs> I have read that all of the participants in these Olympics have to have been vaccinated at least 14 days before they fly to China. So say you're like going to be a curling person who cleans the ice or whatever. I don't know, the ice cleaner person, (laughs) then you need to get your vaccine. And then 14 days later, you can get on a flight to go to China to then enter this closed loop system where you only can see other participants, I guess, and uh, staff members for the Olympics during that time. So all of the people that are going to be participating are going to be fully vaxxed. I guess it makes sense if you're going to have some audience members that if every single person there is vaccinated, you know, there's some TV shows like in America or see where they're getting audiences back. And it's like based on the fact that every single person in the audience can show that they have been vaccinated. Yeah, they are also saying that for games that are going to be open uh, for live audiences, they might put up a, you know, there's like a shield that goes up to the almost to the ceiling if it's in an indoor event. Wow. I don't know for like 
like ice skate for for figure skating and ice dancing. Mm, mm. You know, I would love to go see figure skating. Oh my god. Yeah, who wouldn't? I mean, I I've seen those when you're living in Beijing, I'm sure you've walked around the CBD area and in the mm. mall where you could just watch people skate and there are always some really, you know, little babies trying to learn and then in the center there are like kids that are you know the early teens who are already very masterful with their skills and their you know uh, artistic interpretation of the music and they just basically put on a show there and it was like oh my god that's so impressive and uh never going to be done by alex <laughs> i think it's not just the cbd area it seems like almost every major mall in beijing has an ice rink like somewhere and sometimes you just don't know where it is but like it, even in wukasong which is not really a mall it's only two stories tall underground they last winter they created a huge ice rink in the middle so they, they just i guess they just poured water in and <laughs> just let it freeze or something but you know i was stood there watching all these families like scooting around and you know like but you know even what's it the lake system the ho high like freezes over you can go and i don't really i've never seen any like yeah. professional people there but i i fell down there a few times <laughs> no it's okay it actually hurts less when you fall on ice oh it hurt me bad <laughs> <laughs> my hands were all scraped up because i was catching myself when i fell and my hands would get all scraped up because like the other skaters had already made the ice a little rough you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah I went skiing a couple times also on top of the fact that I went snowboarding. One of the times the snow was so powdery that I didn't know what I was doing. That just kept tumbling in it. So for me, coming down the mountain mm -hmm. was the experience of just tumbling and trying to put myself back together and then going for like five feet and then tumbling and then trying to put myself <laughs> back together. And then like by the time I got to the end bottom of the, my first attempt, I was like, all right, I'm going to the lodge. <laughs> you know how I every day I'm kind of like every winter season ever since i don't know 2017 that's when i was a lot of my friends are going picking up skiing or snowboarding as something that they just do religiously almost mm. when i was in the states well i was in the northeast part of the states as well but it was like okay once in a while we saw people like oh we're you know skiing but very very rarely or maybe because most people i was hanging out with were just artists and they don't care to move around too much but <laughs> When I, as soon as I came back 2018, I remember my social media was just filled with my friends going to the Chongli ski resorts, the, 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 the Wanlong ski resorts, the Nan, Nanshan ski resorts, like all kinds of different places. They're just going. And the more, like, as, it, as time goes, more and more people are starting to do it. I, my friend who used to hang out with me and my boyfriend a lot, we had, we have to book her like weeks in advance. Cause if I just ask her on Friday, I'm like, Hey, what are you doing Sunday? Do you want to go have hot pot? She'd be like, sorry, I will be skiing. I'm like, how often do you go? she just started going mm. and she's going every single week and it's not an easy thing it's not like me going to you know mm. my dance studio it's just right there you have to travel to that ski resort and then you have to rent all of those you know the snowboard and all of whatever equipment that you will need and then of course you have to rent that little turtle butt pad <laughs> so that you don't <laughs> fall <laughs> it's so cute it's so cute but i can't do it i'm too old for that i think to the sky
You know, I actually read that the bus system, if the buses break down in the closed loop system, and I thought this was really interesting, actually, especially yeah. if they break down, they say, don't go help them. I, I read the same thing. They have special technicians following the bus. Yes. And they have their own, like all the people that they would need to help that bus, like repair the tire or whatever, fix the window, <laughs> fix the gas. It was like, yeah, they're going to run up immediately and start fixing the bus so that no normal mechanic is like, oh, there's a broken bus. Let me go see if I can help them. <laughs> yeah. It's it's going to be they're going to make it very easy for people to identify what what vehicles are for specifically for the Winter Olympic athletes or workers, whatever people that are in the closed loop so that if you see the car, well, know that it's for the Winter Olympics, but don't go close to it. Don't, you know, try to not saying that people in it are dangerous, but that's just a measure put in place to make sure that you know, people don't get exposed or people don't get cross infected if there were any cases or any virus going around so that the Olympics could go smoothly. And I, I saw this video, Jason, I don't know if you saw it, the dining situation within the Olympic Village this time. Mm -hmm. I watched it. I was like, it's really cool. I don't I don't know if I wanted that, but it's so they basically got rid of the kitchen mm -hmm. as in they got rid of the kitchen staff. Everything is prepared and you can see it. Everything's paired by these robots. Androids. I knew it. Cyborgs. <laughs> I knew it. Cyborgs. Oh my God. <laughs> he, yes. It's all robots. Prepare your meal. And it's, they have those, you know, clay pot rice thing that I really love. And they have, of course, like burgers and other kind of stuff. I don't, I haven't seen the menu. I haven't seen the full menu, but it's being served uh, by, <laughs> by cyborgs as well, <laughs> by robots as well. It comes down. It comes down like a little pod and then it opens and you can just take your your plate off of that little pod. It feels really cool. So did you know that there is like a an animal bridge from the South Park to the North Park? What does that even mean? An animal bridge? Yeah, yeah. Well, so firstly, I read this book about this one time for my children because I teach kindergarten and mm -hmm. I was reading this book called Animal Bridge and I was like, oh, this sounds terrible, but I'm going to read it anyway. And we were reading this book and it's about these animals were really scared because these construction workers showed up in the forest and started building a bridge and they're like, oh no, not another one. <laughs> and then apparently the workers in this cartoon story for these kids was like oh that they built a bridge so that the animals could go over the freeway or over the highway so not avoid being hit mm -hmm. and it was like oh this deer ran off to find its family that it hadn't seen in so long and it was kind of like bittersweet kind of cute story for kids and they were they all loved it i was walking i was in the north north olympic park which is a uh, mostly it's just walking around area i'm not sure what's there beyond like flowers and stuff but there was like it's like old old people exercising yep, and stuff good air. <laughs> i started walking south expecting to find a because we, we came in a cab and we got dropped off there and we started walking south and eventually we realized we were in the south olympic park and we were like wait a minute uh -huh. we didn't see a road so like what happened and we went back and there's a raised area and it just edges up ever so slowly and it goes over like one of the rings in beijing i think it's like fourth ring north or something like that and it just goes over the entire because that's like what six mm -hmm. lanes or seven eight lanes of, of cars you know with like sidewalks on either side and everything and we completely Completely just there's a bridge, an earth bridge over the freeway system. It's not the freeway, the ring road went down and under it or something. It's that they built like a earth ramp that just completely goes over. So, you know, I think they really is this must just that bridge alone must have cost, I don't even know how much, tens of millions of dollars to build this thing. I mean, the, <laughs> people don't realize this is not just like a giant stadium there 
or a couple of giant stadiums. This entire thing is this permanent yeah. feature of Beijing now that's being used for all kinds of things, including like kite flying. And, you know, like there are people out there like rowing boats in little lakes and stuff. It's just amazing. <laughs> Really, the idea here with Beijing, you know, which is an ancient city and a very modern city, I think China's intention is to try to bring the world together, try to unite the world around something that everyone loves. And that is like, you know, some of our best athletes, but also, you know, countries coming from all over the world to one place to share in something that's positive. That's a good thing. And, you know, a lot of news is dark news. A lot of news is like tragedies. I know. And so the Olympics is something we can all get behind. It's something that brings everyone together and i think that's why china wants to host it in beijing is to say hey beijing wants to be a part of this international camaraderie of nations of people and facilitate coming together right the olympics is a time when you are really doing exchanges of whatever information without the barrier of language when you're playing a game together with another team uh, from a different country even if you don't speak the same language you're able to communicate you can you know i see how they play i see how they care themselves it's it, and then the world together as a collective sees that as well that's why it's you know a world event that attracts so much attention and, and that's mm -hmm. kind of why it all started you know originally is to bring everybody yeah. together and not talk about politics not talk about war so i was reading earlier at the beginning of the show the olympic creed at the end of the olympic creed it actually talks about encouraging people mm -hmm. to regularly practice sports you know regardless of age and sex and social background and economic status and i think that's really important too because in one of the ways that beijing was able to say to the International Olympic Committee that they are really suited to that. China has this huge population and that China would actively be promoting people engaging in Olympic sports. And I think it's like 368 million people participated in some kind of Olympic sports over the last three years in preparation for the Olympics. China really did push like you know people hey let's do this and you know i'm sure that a lot more people than previously have been engaging in these kinds of sports that we outlined in the beginning of our show today yeah it's just that we're not going to be part of the game's uh, growth event in fandom <laughs> You and me are not going to contribute to that. I think we're making that effort, as you mentioned, also in the image of the Winter Olympics. I, if you know what I'm talking about, the little cute little mascots. Mm. Um, mm. It, both times, like in 2008, you know, we had the five cute little things that were greeting the world. And this time we had two. <laughs> I love their names. What are their names? Oh, my God. They're called Bing Dun Dun. I, should, I can't say with a normal <laughs> voice because it's so cute. Bing Dun Dun. Does that mean ice? Ice something. So Okay. So Mandarin. Like, you know, standard pronunciation of the mascots' uh, names are Bing Dun Dun and Xue Rong Rong. But I can't say when I say it, I have like Bing Dun Dun and Xue Rong because they're so cute. Have you seen them? Have you seen the how they what they look like? I have seen them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Bing means ice, Xue means snow. Am I right or wrong? Exactly. That is super. Uh, Woohoo! Yes, there you go. Uh, Chinese uh, HSK. Six. Four. Four. Okay. <laughs> so um I I love the naming of, of these uh little of these little mascots. So mm. the well, of course Bing Dun Dun is is about, you know, it's a panda, our favorite animal. I think we talked specifically about panda mm, mm, before. Mm, mm. If you haven't listened to the episode, you check it out. We have extensive knowledge on pandas. Um, but <laughs> you know, it, it always represents China and we want to put it in the you know, front and we gave it a little goggle so that, you know, imagine a panda 
doing, let's say, you know, <laughs> Alpine. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that there's going to be, you know, Bing Dun Dun uh, style costumes, not costumes. What do you call those things like Bing Dun Dun style? Oh, yeah. Mascots walking around. Right. And then they're going to have they're probably going to make uh, Bing Dun Dun style ski uniforms and people could just ski as being done done like cute little pandas coming down <laughs> coming downhill but the cute part is uh xue rong rong is the uh, lantern doll you know that's uh, uh xue rong is also the mascot for the uh, paralympics mm. for 2022 and then the name in there it's like xue rong rong Xue, of course, means snow. Mm. You're welcome for the free Chinese lesson again and our friends listening <laughs> outside of China. And Rong Rong, it, I know it sounds the same, but the characters are different. Really? Yeah. So the first character means uh, to tolerate, to, to hold, to put together. And the second Rong means uh, to melt. It basically means like to melt and combine because that's what I think. I'm just like, I'm so marveled at how smart this name is because Xue Rong basically means the snow melts and it combines, which it does, you know? You could make it a snowball. You can make it water. But it maybe also represents people melting together because, you know, everyone comes to one place. Absolutely. That's why I'm like, this is such a smart name for a mascot. Everyone who's listening to the show gets the opportunity to watch these amazing athletes perform in the first double Olympic city. One and only. <laughs> we hope you all have fun. It was great talking with you, Alex. It's always lovely talking to you too, Jason. I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.